0: A teenage girl brutally beaten.
1: I was really scared and I couldn't breathe and was hyperventilating.
0: How rumors and racism might have been factors and the response by the school and police. A
2: tragic discovery at the Winters Hotel.
3: Not only do we have people that have lost their homes, that they've lost their businesses and now somebody's lost their life.
2: One week after a devastating fire, why the victim wasn't found sooner.
0: And jail time for a fake nurse. My clients are interested in answers. What it means for BC patients who say they were victimized, too.
4: You're watching
5: Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6.
2: Good evening, and thanks for joining us. We begin with breaking news tonight. It's now two bodies that have been found at the Winters Hotel in Gastown.
0: Fire ripped through that building just last week, and the discovery was made today during the demolition. Kristen Robinson is live near the scene with the latest. Kristen?
3: Sophie, another tragic development here at the Winters Hotel behind me just in the last hour. Demolition on the fire-damaged Heritage Building has now paused for the weekend and is set to resume on Monday after a second body was located in the rubble. Now, just before five tonight, a witness watching the scene behind me heard demolition crews yell out something. Work immediately stopped and a crane retreated. Police then moved everyone back from the scene before the city confirmed a short time ago that sadly a second body had been located. Now you'll recall flames broke out inside the 115-year-old brick building on April 11th in a fire investigators believe was accidental and sparked by candles left burning in a second floor unit. Five people were hospitalized and more than 70 tenants of the single-room occupancy hotel displaced. Initially, it was believed everyone was accounted for, but because the roof had collapsed and the situation inside was so dangerous, fire crews were never able to do a secondary search or an all-clear sweep of the four-story structure. Earlier today, firefighters found a first body. That person is believed to have died before or during the fire watching from our vantage points uh, our investigators noted something we stopped the process we sent crews up in a bucket truck Um, and then of course at that point in time recognizing that it is a a body and we had um, notified the uh, vancouver police who then contacted the coroner to come down now since that discovery earlier today obviously more human remains have now been discovered Vancouver police and the coroner are both working to determine how these two deceased persons died. We won't know the cause of death for some time. A tragic scene here turning horrific tonight.
0: All right, thanks for that. Kristen Robinson reporting in Gastown for us.
2: A Richmond father is outraged and demanding action after his 14-year-old daughter was beaten unconscious. The apparently unprovoked attack allegedly happened inside her school. Kamal Karamali talked to the father and the
4: victim about
2: what happened. She's definitely a tough one, that's for sure.
4: It's a horrifying sight for any father to see. A daughter in distress.
2: I can't say
1: that enough. Like, it's, it's frustrating.
4: The markings of an alleged assault written clearly across her face.
1: Like here and like here. But my friend says even when I was unconscious, he was kicking me.
4: 14-year-old Janice Shea says she was beaten unconscious by an older boy at her school, Hugh Boyd Secondary. She says the boy wrongly believed Janice had spread word about him liking another girl. So on Thursday during lunch, she says he attacked her.
3: I tried
1: to defend myself, but then he punched me and I knocked out. I think I passed out. And then when I woke up, I just remember, like, I was really scared and I couldn't breathe and it was hyperventilating.
4: Do you believe race played a factor in this?
1: He called me the f and he said, uh, Chinese people are ugly. The beating sent
4: Janice to the hospital. But what really gets this dad's blood boiling is that he claims the school never contacted him.
2: <clears throat> Again, that was a frustrating moment too because... We find out other ways.
4: He said he had to hear about it from a friend an hour later. But the Richmond School District says a student immediately called the parents and notified the school administration that she had done so. Richmond RCMP say they are now investigating the incident but can't release any more information due to the alleged offender being protected by the Youth Criminal Justice Act. Now, what was once a space of learning for this student has become a place of constant anxiety, a message to her alleged attacker.
1: Smarten up and think before you actually do something.
4: Hoping he will now learn a lesson in justice the richmond school district says he's not attending the school at this time kamil karamali global news
0: delta police chief neil dubord and his wife lorraine have responded to a civil lawsuit launched against them by a surrey woman they say the lawsuit is frivolous vexatious and should be struck down karen sadhu says she was sprayed with a hose by lorraine dubord at dubord's centennial beach home in june of 2020 Sidhu says she was trying to escape the rising tide, and when she climbed onto some rocks adjacent to the Dubord's home, she ended up touching their wall. She says Dubord insulted her, made a racist remark, and sprayed her with a garden hose. A criminal investigation ended in alternative measures for Lorraine Dubord, who publicly apologized for the way the situation was handled. But in the Dubord's statement of defense, they deny assaulting Sidhu or spraying her with a hose. Lorraine Dubord also denies she laughed at or taunted Sidhu. Dubord also denies the incident was motivated by race and alleges it was Sidhu who was aggressive, insulting and swearing. None of these allegations has been proven in court.
2: The woman who posed as a nurse to treat patients in Ontario and allegedly here in B.C. has been sentenced in Ottawa. Remina Dea has the details on how long she'll spend in jail and the latest on legal action here in B.C.
6: Bridget Clareau in tears as Justice Robert Wadden sentences the 50-year-old fake nurse to seven years in jail. With credit for time served, five years and eight months remains. Crown wanted 10 years. 30-year history of fraud, of deception, and she also has a history of criminal conviction. One wonders how this could have occurred. Clarou had pleaded guilty to seven counts, including impersonating a nurse from Vancouver and assault with a weapon for giving needles to patients at two Ottawa clinics in 2021. At least 12 victims, including a child. A dumbfounding criminal resume dating back to 1992. 67 convictions in Canada and the U.S. for crimes including impersonation, Fraud, theft, and larceny. Three jail sentences already served. Born in Ottawa, Cleru studied nursing in Colorado, but didn't finish. No drug or alcohol addictions. Cleru diagnosed with multiple personality disorders. The court heard she never intended to physically harm anyone. The motive? Money. The actions of Ms. Clairoux cause everyone to doubt the integrity of the health care system and the trust placed in the nursing profession, said the judge.
3: Tell me what went wrong. Tell me how you're fixing it. Tell me how it's never going to happen again.
6: Shailene Piran, one of roughly a thousand women in BC who received a disturbing letter from BC Women's Hospital last year. Clairoux, charged with pretending to be a nurse at that facility from June 2020 to June 2021. The Vancouver case in court again, May 18th. It's obviously uh, very troubling for them and very traumatic. So um, we will continue our investigation. Several lawsuits are being launched in B.C., including a class action. Allegations include nerve damage, bad reactions to wrong medicines, depression and anxiety. There must have been multiple failures at different points to have allowed this to happen. Romina Dea, Global News.
0: Well, good news for parents looking to travel with children that are still not vaccinated. Starting on Monday, unvaccinated or partially vaccinated children aged 5 to 11 who are traveling with a fully vaccinated adult will no longer need a COVID-19 test when entering Canada. However, all unvaccinated or partially vaccinated travelers over the age of 12 will still need to be tested.
2: Well, now that the pandemic is somewhat beginning to wind down, there are questions about how government handled the unprecedented health crisis. And a new poll finds support for a public inquiry into the matter. John Waugh reports.
7: Where we ate our food. How we maintained our fitness. Who was watching over our families? The COVID-19 pandemic touched every single Facet of our lives. We're talking about a situation, a pandemic uh, that took the lives of more than 38,000 Canadians. Like, this is an important matter. According to a new survey by Research Co, when it comes to people who are still feeling anxious about the end of the pandemic restrictions and mandates. That accounts for 56% of Canadians polled. And what we see is an actual increase in the level of of anxiety. When it comes to taking a much closer look on how the COVID-19 pandemic was handled, 66% of Canadians support holding a public inquiry into the federal government's decisions, while 61% of British Columbians would like the province's management of this emergency under the microscope.
5: Dr. Henry is leading the public health side of that in British Columbia. She continues to do an exceptional job. What happens after the fact, we'll see.
7: But a lack of transparency over key COVID information is one of the major criticisms of the BC government.
5: They're just, for whatever reason, want to hide information and that raises distrust and it causes people to wonder what they're up to.
7: At the epicenter of this health crisis, devastating outbreaks in long-term care. Many grieving families are still searching for answers.
6: It's worth it to try and it's
0: worth it to get the documentation out there. At least the investigations are being done. And
7: then there are the countless businesses still on the brink of survival. Restaurants and pubs who saw the rug pulled from under them with last-minute pandemic restrictions.
8: For every example I have of when it worked, there's another example of when they didn't tell us something or when we had to wait a week to get the written text of an order that Dr. Henry issued verbally. And those decisions had massive
7: financial consequences for us. So whether it's financial stress or the fear of losing someone you love, there are plenty of reasons why people think a public inquiry is the perfect treatment plan post-pandemic. John Hua, Global News.
0: Advance polls are open in the by-election for the riding of Vancouver-Quilchena. The seat left open when former Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson resigned. New Liberal leader Kevin Falcon is being challenged by the NDP's Jeanette Ash and B.C. Greens candidate Wendy Haco. And as Richard Zussman tells us, Falcon is counting on his experience to be the deciding factor.
9: It's been a decade since Kevin Falcon left politics. Now with his kids joining him on the campaign trail, the newly minted Liberal leader running in the Vancouver-Quilchenna by-election.
2: I retired from public life 10 years ago uh, when my kids were very, very young. Today they're 12 and 9 and I'm coming back, frankly, for that generation.
9: Voters can vote in advance through the weekend and then on election night on April 30th. If Falcon does win the race, it will take a few weeks for him actually to end up in the legislature. But he believes it's crucial for him to stand across from Premier John Horgan and hold the NDP to account.
2: The legislature is where we hold government to account, where we you know question them on legislation and on direction, etc. So I think it is really important to be there.
9: Standing in the way, NDP candidate Jeanette Ash, the Douglas College instructor and newcomer to politics, crediting a student for putting her name forward.
10: You should run. You should run against him. I'm like, oh, okay. So, Josh, (laughs) here I am. I'm doing it. Next time, it's your turn.
9: The number one issue in the riding, housing affordability.
2: Here we are five years later with the highest housing prices in North America, right here in British Columbia. And so it's been a spectacular policy failure because they've ignored the supply side. We need to flood the zone with all kinds of new supply.
10: The speculation tax that the BCND has put in place, I mean, that's freed up uh, almost 20,000 homes on the market, so we're increasing supply, and they like that.
9: Wendy Hayko is running for the Greens, the emergency management expert hoping to have her voice heard on the environment and improving transit.
10: The NDP and the Liberals are two sides of the same coin on that issue. They're really, emissions are continuing to go up, and that's a worry to people on the doorsteps that I hear over and over again.
9: Now it's up to the voters to decide whether they want to send Falcon back to the legislature or try something new. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria.
2: Vancouver and Whistler win big. Prince Harry announces the perfect place for warrior athletes to compete in 2025. That's next on the news hour.
0: That's no spaceship. Behold the borer. An update on the Broadway Subway project coming up on the News Hour.
2: Some heavy equipment.
11: What is the role that you're playing in understanding the land in which you walk upon?
2: The powerful story behind the play White Noise and where you can watch it coming up.
0: Right now, though, another boost today for BC's reputation to host major international sporting events. We have the Olympics in 2010, of course, and are currently on the short list for some World Cup soccer matches in 2026.
2: And today, Royal announced the Invictus Games are coming to Vancouver and Whistler in 2025. And Paul Johnson has the details. I'm thrilled to announce that the
1: Invictus Games Foundation has selected Canada to host the first ever Winter Hybrid Games in 2024.
5: It will be the first Invictus Games in Vancouver and Whistler, the first to feature winter sports, and the first major international sporting event in partnership with the Musqueam, Squamish, and tsleil people. <laughs> Established by Prince Harry in 2014, the Invictus Games will see 500 athletes from 20 countries, all of them wounded injured or sick former military men and women who are using sport as part of their recovery vancouver's pierce burasa is a retired canadian forces corporal who was wounded in afghanistan he's a previous invictus athlete and intends to be involved in some way in the 2025 games either as a competitor volunteer or spectator
12: i think it really changed my life you know I- It was at the time where I had just released from the military and I was a little bit uh, lost, but uh, I got accepted to be part of the Invictus Games and got back into sport. And it really uh, really put me on a a positive path forward uh, toward my recovery and
8: in my career.
5: In this winter version, the Invictus Games will have new events like alpine and Nordic skiing and wheelchair curling
12: in Vancouver and Whistler. Are well positioned to stage it. There won't be uh, building any new facilities. We've got everything in place, of course, from uh, the 2010 games. In its short history, the Invictus movement has been a
5: success right from the start. And as they branch out into competition on snow and ice, its founder has every reason to expect that success to continue.
9: But don't worry, we'll still have many of the core sports, the Invictus games that you know and love, They'll just be a little
5: cooler. Paul Johnson, Global News.
0: And breaking news now. On the same day the Invictus Games are announced comes word. The Formula E race event in Vancouver, which was set for this summer, has now been officially postponed.
2: That's right. The city of Vancouver issued a statement saying the Montreal-based promoter, One Stop Strategy Group, has postponed the three-day festival to a future date. In a separate statement, OSS confirmed the postponement, adding they'll be communicating with ticket holders via ATPI, their ticket partner, to inform ticket holders of their options. About 30,000 tickets have been sold online already. The festival was set to take place over the Canada Day long weekend and was to include a live Nickelback concert, a business conference with a focus on climate change solutions and, of course, the headline electric car race.
0: Just ahead, substituting squid for salmon as our climate changes, why the seafood menu could too.
2: And a B.C. company finds a way to pull carbon out of the atmosphere and store it in rocks.
11: Stick around. Taking a look at traffic at the Cambie Street Bridge where it's moving. Well, there was a protest on its way to the bridge deck, but it never made it. Today's Lotto Max jackpot is an estimated $17 million. Lotto Max, dream to the max. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Cambie Street Bridge.
0: Salmon lovers might have to start reconsidering their dinner options and think about other seafood like squid. As Aaron MacArthur reports, climate change has driven some interesting trends on Vancouver restaurant menus.
12: For generations, salmon has been one of the key pillars of this economy. From catching to processing to the dinner table, there are very few people in B.C. who haven't dealt with a sockeye or a chinook. That bounty has undergone a well documented decline in recent years. Now, UBC scientists are starting to explore the idea that it may be replaced. Dr. William Chung believes British Columbians in the not too distant future may end up eating more squid than salmon. Seafood menus are are serving uh, more seafood that are preferring, uh, of a species that prefer warmer waters. And the humble squid is an example. As ocean temperatures have increased, the range of the Humboldt squid has pushed north. There's plenty of evidence the large predator is readily available in our waters. Ocean Wise says it's an easy way to eat sustainably. Because there is this
8: range shift happening with species in the ocean in response to climate changes. I think there is a real value and incentive for people to be looking local with their seafood. One of
12: the interesting aspects of the UBC study was looking at menus of Vancouver restaurants, dating back more than a 100 years. Salmon has featured prominently on just about every page for as long as people have been dining out. Using this alternative source of data, scientists think tracking changes in seafood consumption can be made simpler.
5: Because of the easy accessibility of this menu, we are able to look at a like, lot of menu, in this case, over, over 300 different menus. So we can able
12: to be, be able to detect uh, the signals of changes. Sustainable seafood isn't a new concept to people, especially on the West Coast. Oceanwise has been promoting alternatives to over-harvested species since 2005. Humboldt squid could easily fit the bill as an option for people. But it will take time for consumers to make the adjustment. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. Well,
2: on Earth Day, a group out of UBC is making headlines today after they won a million dollar prize from the Musk Foundation to remove thousands of tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere. Christie's here to explain why it's attracting a lot of attention.
10: After 20 years of research, this group has developed a technology which turns waste rock from mines into huge carbon sinks at a rate far faster than would naturally occur. So they are able to manipulate the rock so it absorbs carbon dioxide directly from the atmosphere in just days or weeks. Then the rock is buried, essentially storing that carbon back into the earth.
5: So rather than the uh, reactive Ability of this material to be buried and lost forever. We just try and make sure that we get as much reaction done with it before it gets buried. And then once it's buried, it's instead of going down there with lost reactivity, it's going
7: down there with carbon.
10: Because of the scale at which they're able to carry out this process, it could have a significant impact on the carbon in our atmosphere. So this group has actually developed a company called Carbon Minerals. And now they're getting bids from other companies like Shopify to purchase this work as carbon credits. Christy Gordon, Global News. Just ahead, dynamite deals that give back.
13: It's for people that really need it, and I have a good sense for that.
0: The Nanaimo retailer giving most of his inventory away.
2: And Russia's brutal war and the regions it plans to target next.
9: This May, join me for the BC Cancer Foundation's Workout to Conquer Cancer. Sign up on your own or as a team, and let's move every day this May and help change cancer outcomes. Register today at workouttoconquercancer.ca.
11: Traffic is steady here both ways at the Alex Fraser Bridge this evening, fully recovered for southbound traffic, which just cleared a stall southbound at the north end. Through Kermak Cares for Kids, Expert Repair for Your Vehicle helps provide expert care for kids. When you choose Kermak, you choose to support BC Children's Hospital. Kermak Cares for Kids. I'm sure she was sitting in Global One, high above the Alex Fraser Bridge.
2: Humanitarian corridors once again came under attack in eastern Ukraine, slowing what has already been a painstaking task and prompting more outrage from Western nations.
0: Meanwhile, new concern that Russia could have its eyes set on territory farther south, still under Ukrainian control. Global's Reggie Giacchini has the latest.
8: What is supposed to be a place of healing and refuge became the latest Russian target. This hospital in the war-torn Donetsk region shelled on Friday in a callous disregard for life.
14: Even wars have rules, um, and these need to be respected. Otherwise, we are very afraid of what could come next.
8: The United Nations says there is growing evidence of war crimes throughout Ukraine, as Russia makes a more aggressive move to control the territory of another country and the lives of those that remain, making escape dangerous, impossible, or deadly. Ukraine's defence minister says local residents, mainly men of conscript age, are now being blocked from leaving. There's fear a sham referendum could be held in rebel-backed areas to force Ukrainians to fight for Russia.
6: Russia is committing war crimes.
8: In Washington, Canada's deputy prime minister says the country will not turn its back on Ukraine, promising millions of dollars in funding and military equipment.
5: support of Canadian people which we see right now is unprecedented.
8: Earlier in the week, G20 ministers, including Freeland, walked out on Russia as its delegates spoke at recent central bank meetings.
3: Russia does not have a place at the table of countries who have come together to make global economic prosperity.
8: Ukraine claims it needs $7 billion a month to make up shortfalls and hundreds of billions to rebuild the country reaching for a future while trying to survive the present. We keep hope, hope for peace, hope that life will conquer death, says Ukraine's president. With talks stalled, the UN Secretary-General will travel to Moscow next week amid increased siege warfare, as Russia looks to take more land and life out of Ukraine. Reggie Chikini, Global News, Washington. And the Naimo
2: Thrift Store has made a name for itself, not so much for what it sells, but for what it does with the profits. Denny's Dynamite Deals is all about giving back to the neighbourhood it's in. Kylie Stanton has the story.
14: Step inside and try to take it all in.
2: Oh my golly! Just all kinds of good things.
14: Clocks, sporting equipment, art, clothing.
2: Stuff for the kitchen. Uh, stuff for my shop.
14: All of it at one time. One man's trash. Yeah, thank you, my dear. Now this man's treasure.
13: Nothing was planned. It just happened, and now we've got a place that's just turning into a great community.
14: Dennis Bazot bought this old grocery store in Nanaimo's Harwood neighborhood back in 2018. He had retired. Had time on his hands and an idea.
13: I do not want money to build this store.
14: Roughly 90% of the inventory at Denny's Dynamite Deals is donated by Nanaimo residents, while Bozo buys the rest at local garage sales. But what's perhaps even more interesting than the items he's collected is what he's managing to do with it.
13: It's grown. And the money going out has grown with it.
14: In less than four years, Bazo has simply given away roughly $180,000 in merchandise.
13: I try to do $200 a day that goes out the door free. It's for people that really need it. And I have a good sense for that.
14: Another 140000 has been donated to local charities
11: and schools. Two weeks ago, we, have, we were the recipients of $14,000. $14, $14,000! It's amazing. It's really a message of hope
14: and, um, and community and generosity. And that's what keeps people coming
11: back. Since word's gotten out about what Denny does in the community, uh, the community supports the store with so many great donations.
13: Wherever he th- knew there was a need, he would help. It's just wonderful.
14: For Bazo. it's just a matter of looking at things a little differently. Seeing the value where others might not. And perhaps opening some hearts and minds along the way.
13: It isn't about the almighty dollar. And that's what makes it special.
14: Kylie Stanton, Global News. That is an excellent attitude.
13: For sure.
0: Coming up, finding what's funny in reconciliation.
4: Internet famous, eh? That sounds pretty dope.
0: How white noise brings cultures together.
2: But first, boring work. Crews bring in the heavy machinery to dig new Skytrain tunnels.
12: Attention consumers having issues with scammers, price gougers, corner cutters, con artists, or big business bullies.
5: Help is here. And Rua investigates consumer matters on Global News.
2: The first shipment of components for the tunnel boring machines that will dig the Broadway subway project have arrived in B.C.
0: The pieces are being transported to a staging area where they will be assembled in preparation for the machines launch this summer. The second and final shipment of equipment is expected to follow in the coming weeks. The two six-meter-wide machines will be launched separately from the Great Northern Way Emily Car Station and will bore new tunnels to Cypress Street near the line's terminus at Arbutus Station. The tunnels will connect all six new stations along the new line. Tunneling will take about one year to complete. The 5.7-kilometer extension to the Millennium Line is due to open in 2025.
2: Going through a lot of rock to get it done. All right, let's bring in Christy now for a look at what's going on out in the weather and a bit of a break, lots of sunshine for folks today, Christy
10: great to have this on a Friday and end off a week. It's been a very unsettled week, that's for sure. So nice to have spring-like weather and we'll take that into the weekend also. Uh, it certainly didn't feel like spring though last night. If you heard the thunder and uh, throughout the Lower Mainland uh, last night, here's a quick look. It was one really intense storm that developed over the Strait of Georgia around 7 o'clock and then moved across Metro Vancouver towards the North Shore. There was one earlier in the day in Abbotsford, but for not as, as strong as this one. Really intense as it moved across Look at this lightning strike. So not feeling like spring yesterday, but it certainly did turn things around today. Uh, and look at the caribou this morning. Ouch. So yeah, pocket of snowfall in that region. Thank you to everyone who shares photos with us. Alright, things are going to settle down overnight. We've got a major system moving on to the north and central coast, so wind and rain expected there. That will shift into the south coast, but for Metro Vancouver we're not expecting it until the afternoon hours on Sunday. So we've got a great day on the way for much of BC tomorrow for her Saturday. It's really just the north and central coast that will see that rainfall. Temperatures, that's the key, is that it's going to be warm tomorrow. 19 in Kamloops, for example. 15 in through Metro Vancouver. So a terrific Saturday for everyone. And dry in the morning on Sunday, but showers expected by the afternoon. Tonight's central window's weather window comes to you from the Howe Sound area. This is one of my favourite views. Lexi, thanks so much for sharing that with us with the glassy water there and the sun. uh, Beautiful. All right, guys, back to you.
2: Paradise. That's why we love it here. Thanks very much, Christy.
10: Well, what happens when
0: you put together two Canadian families, one Indigenous, one non-Indigenous, at a dinner table for the first time during Truth and Reconciliation Week?
2: That is the premise behind a new play, and Nithu Garcha has a lot more about how it all came together.
7: That might just have to be where you have to fall over.
11: Renai Morisot is the director of the new stage production titled White Noise, describing Friday's world premiere at Vancouver's Firehall Arts Centre as bittersweet. We're kind of grieving to... The rehearsal process. The creator of the comedy, Taryn Koutineu, was 27 when he died in December after his planned spring run of the show was postponed because of the pandemic. The promising young poet, playwright, actor, and advocate started writing the piece nearly four years ago. It was written before we found the the, the graves, you know, it was written before the pandemic. Who do they think they are saying all that stuff? It's pretty normal. Using Taryn's own life experiences, the story highlights what it's like to be an Indigenous person dealing with racism every day, says his sister and associate director Shiana, wearing a hoodie made in his memory.
13: Even the characters are like some characters from when he was a kid. He wanted the audience to feel like cringy, awkwardness, which it totally is because you, you know, there's this like so many moments where it makes you feel uncomfortable, you know, but that was the purpose.
14: As long as we live amongst white supremacy, we will always be lesser than.
11: The premise of the play includes a family in the city's wealthy West Point Grey neighborhood.
14: Oh yeah, Wind Walker's
8: practically Steve
14: Jobs. (laughs) I thought there were no secrets.
11: Hosting a welcoming dinner for their new Indigenous neighbors who made a hefty profit after selling an app to Microsoft.
8: I'll tell you this for free, success can be a very crippling achievement if you don't handle yourself well under pressure.
11: They don't know each other. And it is um, uh, Truth and Reconciliation Week um, at the public school for Jessica. To have the conversations about uh, benevolent racism and how sometimes insidious it is, uh, especially in health and education and injustice. With a focus on the role social media plays, she says it forces the audience to explore how to deal with internalized racism and... What is the role that you're playing in understanding the land in which you walk upon? The play runs until May 1st, and the hope is to have it seen across North America. Nitu Garcia, Global News, Vancouver.
1: Interesting stuff.
0: All right. Let's bring in Squire now. Uh, obviously, mourning right across this country, Squire, for a hockey hero.
1: Yes, and it comes a week after another hockey hero died. Mike Bossy last week, Guy Lafleur today, um, both succumbing to lung cancer. So we'll talk about the great Guy, number 10. And of course, there's mourning all across the hockey world, but especially in the province of Quebec. We'll also talk about the Vancouver Canucks. They're not out of the playoffs yet, but. Um, it got a lot tougher after losing to Minnesota last night. But there's a chance. There's always a chance, there's always man. Always a chance. There's still a chance until, of course, there is no
2: chance. <laughs> <laughs> also coming up, one of my favorite segments ever in, in satellite debris. Oh, yeah! <laughs> live you learn it's a lyric
1: right
0: i feel like it is an alanis morissette song but i don't know <laughs> I isn't it
1: right. ironic it is mm-hmm. so it's ironic not that one, but that's an alanis morissette it's there. true uh, yes the vancouver canucks loss last night in minnesota has made the road to the playoffs very steep and very rocky for vancouver from here on out the problem is there isn't much on out left just four games tomorrow the canucks are in calgary but they clinched first the flames did so they might not be as fired up as they normally are to play vancouver but bruce boudreau doesn't want anybody to forget the fact the vancouver canucks are still in the playoff race at this point in the year after the way they started the season is remarkable even last night despite losing 6-3 there was no quit in his hockey team
5: give it everything they have i mean you look at Uh, tonight, for example, I mean, uh, Miller's blocking a shot. He's got a couple ice bags on. I mean, Richardson breaks his nose and still wants to play. I mean, uh, that's the kind of, uh, effort and character that these guys have. I mean, very proud of them. Uh, uh, they never quit. They never die. You know I mean? So it's, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, they could have given up a long time ago. The odds were so against us that, uh, uh, but they believed, and they, and they still believe. They'll believe again tomorrow until, until it, it shows that we're eliminated. Uh, I'm sure these guys are going to uh, keep pushing right to
1: the end. Well, exactly one week after we learned of the great Mike Bossy dying because of lung cancer, comes news that Guy Lafleur died of lung cancer himself at the age of 70. Lafleur, of course, one of the Montreal Canadiens' most legendary players. The all-time leading scorer for that franchise when they won the Stanley Cup four times in a row in the 70s. He was one of the main reasons. He won five Cups overall. And he is a Hab great that is worshipped in the province of Quebec and also by Canadian fans all around the world and for good reason. He was the most exciting Canadian during the 70s. And Montreal was winning so many Stanley Cups. Known for his flowing hair, coming off the wing to score 50 goals or more six years in a row. He was more than just a great player. He had an aura about him. And whether you were a Canadiens fan or not, you couldn't help but watch Guy Lafleur because if you didn't watch him, you might miss something special. Well, Last year, the Whitecaps did what the Vancouver Canucks are trying to do this year, recover from a coaching change and a bad start to make the playoffs. But this year, the Whitecaps have gotten off to another bad start. With a game tomorrow down in Austin, 5.30 hour time, you can hear it on AM 7.30. Now, there are lots of reasons why the Whitecaps are struggling, but Lucas Cavallini says some of it Is beyond Vancouver's control.
12: Uh, I guess had a lot of bad luck with injuries, especially with key players, and
13: not haven't had the the chance to to put like the full full strong strong squad. And I mean, the boys are, are still hungry, and I mean, we need to win games.
1: BC Lions training camp not that far away, but they were running kind of a camp today for junior football players who might be good enough to get a job in the Canadian League. You never know. There is a lot of talent at the football level, at the junior football level, that is, and some past junior stars have been able to make an impact in the pros.
15: 20 of BC's best junior football players got an invitation today to show the BC Lions what they can do. It was classic football combine testing, strength, agility, and, of course, speed. There was some football drills but this was more about showing athleticism and the potential to make it to the CFL.
2: You may not have the uh, you know the skills but if you have athletic traits height weight speed um, you can always mold guys into good football players in the end.
5: And here's this correction <laughs>
15: The goal is to find another Andrew Harris who starred with the Vancouver Island Raiders before the Lions signed him in 2010. Harris played five seasons with BC and is still one of the best running backs in the CFL. And just two years ago, the Lions signed receiver Javon Katoy out of the Langley Rams. He had a breakout season last year, scoring three touchdowns and becoming a key part of the offense.
2: So it gives guys opportunities who don't usually get the same looks, like I said before, down south. And hopefully this continues to happen and more talent comes up and we could uh,
13: put the talent on display in the CFL in the upcoming years.
15: Cole Barron was hoping to show all of his skills today, but a pulled hamstring during the 40-yard dash cut his day short. But this chance for all of these players to showcase the quality of junior football is important.
5: I really think there's a negative stigma around junior football still, that it's Kind of like a beer league, and it's just guys out there going, doing whatever they want. But no, it's it's a very serious, legitimate league with real competition, and I think more people should give it a shot.
6: Thanks for coming out again, and uh, good luck to y'all.
15: Right? With the CFL draft coming up next month, a handful of these players could either get their name called or get invited to training camp as free agents, keeping that
5: CFL dream alive. I definitely believe CFL is a very real possibility, and I think. You'll see me there soon.
1: Out of Nat Bailey today, Canadians beat Eugene 4-1. Western Hockey League playoff start tonight. Four B.C. teams made the postseason. There you go. All Good right, to hear.
0: Thanks, Squire.
2: All right, we're back with Satellite Debris right after this. Jordan Armstrong is with us right now for a preview of what's coming up on Global News at 11. Jordan.
8: Chris, we're going to stay at the scene of the former Winters Hotel in Gastown. As we told you at the top of the newscast, a second body was found late this afternoon during demolition of the fire-damaged building. Further demolition is now on hold until Monday. Plus, conflicts between pedestrians and e-bikes and scooters in downtown Vancouver. How some think the popularity of food delivery apps has cooked up new safety concerns on busy sidewalks. These stories more tonight at 11. Chris.
2: Some of those guys, thanks Jordan, will do anything to get that food Mm -hmm. delivered. Thank you.
0: All right, uh, it is Friday, so of course it's satellite debris. And Squire, you've chosen one of Chris's favorite segments.
1: I love this every year myself. It's the Dummy Downhill from Kimberly, so let's uh, check it out. If you are a dummy, this could be disturbing videos. Triggering. Could it be triggering the dummies? The idea is to get uh, some sort of contraption, put a dummy in it, try to get it down the hill, make a big jump, and... Impressed the crowd. Oh man, out! <laughs> is it fair that we're calling them dummies? I mean, that's well, not that's nice. technically what they are. Although that is a marijuana plant, I believe. <laughs> and he got high. Oh, geez, Surprising. He sure did. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. Uh, I guess this is some sort of Jack in the Box. Nice. Oh, nice.
0: Well, he'd well, rather could be, be
1: skiing. Is that someone at a desk? That's someone at a desk desk is destroyed and he's in bad shape now this is like a snowboarder thing going on that is actually, that actually pretty good
0: that worked out pretty well not bad
1: this uh i think this was from nasa or spacex they put this one in that actually got very yeah, good height it's aerodynamic but last but not least why did dinosaurs go extinct well look at the way they ski but This guy gets back up on his skis and keeps going. Wow. Now that's, you know what that is? You know what that is? That's just good inner ear. That's what that is. That's good inner ear. Okay, Uh, what do we got here? I think it's a Dollar Shave Club. Let's uh, see what this is all about. Let's go. Hey, one pack of razors, please.
8: Comes to 1965. What? That's a lot. Yeah, I don't... Comes with a free gift. Oh, free gift. That's cool.
12: Tired of
15: getting beat up by high razor prices? DollarShaveClub.com ships amazing razors for just a few bucks.
1: Digging around (laughs) the library where all the old tapes are, and I thought I came across a couple of old beer commercials I like, so I thought I'd drag them out for you guys today. Here we go.
12: So, where do you want this? Hey, now. (laughs) I ordered a new copier.
1: This is better than new, my friend. Allow me to demonstrate
12: Oh, what do we have here? Wow. Enlarges, too.
5: Whoa. Even golaze. <laughs> I'll take it.
2: For the great taste that won't fill you up and never let you down, make
5: it a Bud Light. That was close. I didn't think I could shove this baby through.
2: Drive drunk.
0: I, fly.
1: I know. But he got uh he died with a smile on his face, probably.
0: But that's a good it. lesson.
1: <laughs> it is a good lesson. Yeah. Not just for us, but for flies as well. Yeah, zero tolerance. Yep. Might be some cold beers being had at the Vancouver
2: Canadians game tomorrow afternoon if the sun stays out. How's the five-day looking, Christy?
10: Well, it looks great, actually, for the Canadians game tomorrow. We're going to see sunshine throughout the day, and that's the case across the Lower Mainland and much of the province except for the North Coast region. For our area, though, we're not expecting rain until late in the day on Sunday, so we've got a pretty nice spring-like weekend on the way, which is great. Finally, back to near-seasonal values of about 13, 14, and 15 degrees potentially tomorrow.
2: Good day for baseball. Good day for the Strathcona Hoopathon, too. Thanks to everybody who sponsored me in that. I'll be shooting hoops tomorrow. Trying to beat my personal best of 16 in a minute. I don't know if that's going to happen. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Have a great night and a great weekend.
0: Good night, all.